Okay, okay. And we're back. So what's your question there, sir? My question is this. New believers, we've said, uh, should expect struggle. Mm-hmm. There's two types of struggle. There's a struggle mm-hmm. when you fall into sin, and the struggle is God is developing and, and forming us. Mm-hmm. Both of them are hard. Yes. Uh, let's take just one then. Mm-hmm. When I, as a new believer, am struggling because God is trying to form me, and I reach a point of saying, hey, this, I can't do any more push-ups. I can't run another mile. I, can, I can't take another step. And I'm not feeling the love, and I can't see how this is benefiting me. All I feel right now is torn down. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Where do I go? I, I think you hit it in your question. Um, it's it's the focus on I. Um, if I'm looking at how I feel, how I look, how things appear to me, I can't see what God is doing or really see um, clearly. Um I can't see what's left in the tank because I'm going off of where um, things appear to me. Um, clearly, God knows you can do more. Mm. Clearly, there's more work to be done um, because he's not um, hes not a sadist. Like, he's not there trying to inflict pain just for the sake of pain. Mm. If there's something he's trying to get you to let go of or he's trying to have you work through, um, there's a reason for it. And... Um, we have to trust in his love to know that he won't hurt any more um, than he has to. If that is what he's doing, if he's trying to work something out, know that his desire is not to hurt us, but definitely to bless us. And right. so, um, we have to be focused on Christ's love um, as we go through it. Um, when you're running a race that's long and painful, you don't focus on, um, all the miles that you ran, at least I don't. I focus on the finish line, mm. knowing that it's time. Uh, you know, this is just time. Once once the time moves on, uh, this season will end. Like, I look at past experiences and know that, okay, we can do this. We've done this before. If there aren't any past experiences, I look at Christ and say, I have a journey in Him where I can trust Him because we've exchanged lives. Right. After mine. I'm okay with the suffering because he suffered a lot more. And so if this is where we are, uh, I can embrace him as I walk through this. Now, I will say doing it alone stinks, so don't do it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, the the whole maxim misery loves company. I I believe suffering, you know, loves, um, you know, when you're able to share it. It just makes it lighter if you can share. Uh, if, again, this is something that you're dumping on yourself, because this is sin you're running back to, you got to get a vision for what and who God is and how he has freed you of this. And now is the time to let it go. Yeah. Now is the time to examine your hands and realize the reason, if there's a heart reason for me holding on to this sin from my past or current present um, that I identify with, whether it's workaholism, whether it's some other, you know, holism where I find my identity besides the cross, because all these other things can go away and will go away. Um, but Christ will not. 
my 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 journey with those that are eternal will not um, but those other things will hmm. okay. So, okay go, go for it no, no, no. Go, go, go. All right, all right. So then swap them over. You, you started touching at the end. What, when, what about when I'm suffering because of sin? When, you know, maybe I don't even realize God's trying to get my attention. I, you, you have to go to him. You have, like, that's the starting point for me. Um, Job did it right. He didn't believe his friends. He said, I got to go to God. Even when he was a little, you know, prideful, we'll say, and that he knew God had made a mistake. Because uh, um, that was my premise. God's made a mistake. I just need to give yeah. him. But the idea <laughs> I need to get to God is huge, and that might require some time of being still, um, some time of you know prayer, genuine prayer, not rote prayer. Not that rote prayer is wrong. Just you know where you're honest with God, but also you're honest with yourself. Um, some real examination, and often people see your sin when you don't. Um, and so know that you can ask. Often your roommate knows, or your spouse <laughs> knows, <laughs> or you know your neighbor knows because they see you honking the horn and driving down the road, cursing and flipping people off with the "I love Jesus" bumper sticker. <laughs> um, so they they know the area of weakness that your tongue, you know, is an area of weakness. Your heart, you know, um, I'm still struggling with. Uh, the ability to uh, surrender fully to God because you're yeah. so busy yeah. and that busyness is distracting you from uh, the God who's within you, the Holy Spirit. So that there are a lot of things to examine when you're realizing, okay, God's working on me. And it can be a both end where he's working on you and working on someone else, or he's trying to grow you and get you to let go of the past sin. Um, but know that self-reflection is huge self-examination as well as um, a full blast of what god did for you on the cross and the understanding of how much he hates it mm. i think is is required so that you can fully let go and say okay i need to walk in this new nature I need to um, identify i will say that you know being vocal about whatever this is that you're letting go with others is important too um, trying to do it yourself is a fool's errand. Satan's good again for getting us to believe that we got to do it ourselves. We got to um, pull ourselves by the bootstraps, another lie, and some other foolishness when in reality you have family. And often they've gone through it, been through it before you, and are happy to help you through it. Like, yeah. I understand this is what you are and want to work with you. Um, you know, I know we had talked about this before. You know, sins that you struggle with in the past that you still um, you try and help others with so um you know the first one that comes to mind is pornography um uh, this was something i struggled with in college and um it was one of those things where i was introduced to it at a younger age but it was really more in college where i struggled with it because i had the internet and freedom and you know all sure. that stuff and uh, it was in college where I realized the root of the issue as to why I was seeking gratification again outside of God um, and was able to let it go. But it wasn't until I was actually able to name it <laughs> and share it and then get help for it. Um, 
you know, for at least one year, I tried to fight it by myself. And again, that was foolishness. It was like, I'm trying to starve myself from eating every, you know, I could go a month and then <laughs> fall down again. <laughs> and I could say, Oh, 30 days. Then, and then it's, yeah, that's, uh, it, it was a, a fool's errand. Um, but I learned, okay, this is what family's about, that it's okay to say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is where it came from. Now let it go. What are you laughing at? The <laughs> idea of someone being really proud of the fact they've got like 70 30 day tokens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be like a seven year token. Not <laughs> that's how you think when you're stuck in it. Like you're, yeah, you're, absolutely. You know, you know that you're forgiven. You know that you're free. At the same time, you also know scripture. I should be able to handle this and the whole I stuff gets us in trouble. No, it's we and us, right? And the whole yeah, <laughs> the only I is in him. Correct. I mean, that's it. And so it's, it, it's, it's a different mindset, but it is one where, um, and you can talk about stuff because you're free. It doesn't define you. Right. I can, like I can talk about my college season and talk about the positives as well as the negatives. Say these are the dumb things I did. Why? Because I was trying to impress others when I should have just been focused on God. It's, it's real simple, you know. When I when I left the academy, could I look at that and say that's a pruning season? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I didn't leave of my own desire. Um, you know, I planned on, you know, doing some seasons of service after, but the commandant made it clear that my season was over and I had to spend some months with God trying to understand like, what are you doing? Um, I have no clue what you're doing here. And there was a lot that he was doing and not all of it was about me. And so that's pride thinking it's all about me. But then there's also the ability to understand that there was stuff for me to learn. Mm. There was a lot of, you know, breaking that needed to be done, as well as other opportunities that he had for me to do that I had no desire to do and probably wouldn't have done until I was like in my 70s, like missions. Wow. <laughs> but yet I ended up becoming a missionary and going off and serving and loving it, you know, and missing it dearly, even as I serve here. Um, but it, it is one of those things where he's in charge. His ways are so much better. And until you go through a lot of those um, tough times for growth, um, you don't get to bear fruit like you, like he wants you to, like you should. Um, if life is easy, then you don't have the opportunity to bear the best fruit. And that's true for real fruit. Like if you've ever raised anything on the farm and you prune some trees, you understand the reason for the pruning is so that you get the best type of fruit. It's not... Right. <laughs> like that's not the goal the goal is to pull back some of the excess stuff the distractions and focus the energy of the tree on the better fruit uh, on creating quality and, and that's what god wants to do with that he wants to make it so that the fruit we bear both spiritually and um in the lives of others quality fruit true and whatever question? you had to persevere through that, you know, uh, you're not proud of because we shouldn't take pride in you. Um, but at the same time, we can look back and say, yeah, we used to do that too. Um, um, but no longer because uh, we let that go. 
there are several that jump to mind. Um, well, I'll, one of them is, and this is probably, uh, let's see here. Yeah, okay. I was. I haven't played yeah. today. Well, I mean, you've already talked about porn, so I mean, I can I can go there too. Um, my first, my first romantic relationship was one that um, I had full intention of glorifying God in every aspect of this relationship, and um. When I realized it was not glorifying God, it caused me tremendous emotional, mental, and spiritual discomfort and drove me back to God. But what it didn't do was drive me away from my appetites for physical pleasure. And you know, that relationship was one that lasted nearly two years. Um, that was a really difficult time of struggle for me because... I had already gone through in my teen years, my later teen years, um, a lot of effort to learn how to control my physical and my sexual appetites so that the way I lived my life was in line with what God called me to as his holy son. Mm -hmm. And I believed um, that I was ready to enter into uh, a loving marriage focused relationship with hopefully my future wife and if i had been walking alongside myself at that time able to speak into my life as a as a mentor early on in the relationship i probably would have pointed out some some yellow flags a little later on i definitely would have pointed out some red flags and at some point in there i would have said hey hey dummy it's time to wake up this is not what you're calling it this isn't your, you've chosen to tell yourself and to believe a lie. And this is something you need to be fleeing from, not trying to correct. This is no longer about, you know, getting your, your, your flight back on path. It's time to hit the eject because this is going to crash and burn. And either you're going down with it or you got to get out. And I would have told myself that long before I did, in fact, come to that, that realization itself. But that was only one. Um, second one was a couple short years later when I was uh, pursuing my, um, my bachelor's in social work. Mm -hmm. And I'd completed a semester at a university. Um, I had missed a letter letting me know that I'd received academic probation at the end of that first semester. I was at the end of my second semester. I had um, newfound freedoms. I had access to my entertainment. I, had, I was the only person responsible for managing my time, um, my money, my effort, my sleep, my appetite, all every, every aspect of my life. There was no one telling me what to do. And while I had already lived outside the home, I had already managed these things for myself. In this environment, with the stress of going through school, there were academic strengths that I had not exercised. And as a result, um, you know, put it really simply, I flunked out of, without any good reason, other than I simply didn't do the work. I flunked out of uh, several classes to the point that 
the end of the second semester, number one, I knew it was going to fail several classes a month before the semester was out because there were projects that simply hadn't done and there wasn't sufficient time to do the project well. And so this, this monster of, well, I got to get it done. I'm under this pressure became such a big stress monster going back to this word that I found pressure valves in my time to try to get some of the way to that stress off and ended up just doling my time out to myself in what amounted to entertainment narcotics mm -hmm. so that I went through these weeks and got to two weeks out and had gotten absolutely no closer had wasted two weeks of my time where I could have been making progress. Um, and then got to two weeks out and said, well, there's no way I can actually even get this done. So I may as well just not even try now. And then just dove even more headlong into trying to cover the pain of the failure that I knew was coming with distraction more of those entertainment narcotics and uh then got a letter saying i had received academic suspension um thank you mr Sephirati. why don't you go pursue your academic career someplace else um and for me that you know that meant going back to the community college that meant going back to my parents and saying hey you know all this money that we've been spending on my education and all this time uh, and all this encouragement all the support that you guys have been giving me yeah pretty much it i I don't really care about it. If you look at my actions, um, I clearly don't take your sacrifice and your care for me seriously. That was really tough. And I had to look, I had to then, you know, examine myself and go to God and say, God, what do you, I can see where I failed here, but I need to also hear from you. What is it you're trying to teach me? What are you trying to do in me in both of these situations? I thought I knew myself pretty well by this point in my life. I thought I knew where I was strong. I thought I knew where I was weak. I thought I could manage those levers of control in my life to successfully achieve the goals that I set out to accomplish. And, um, you know, the track record disproved my theory. And I had to go right, I had to strip it back down to basics and say, God, what have you called me to, to do? What, who have you called me to be? How have you called me to walk? What am I missing in the fundamentals that allowed me to get to this point and make such a wreck of, a, of all of these things in both the relationship and my, my academics? In both cases, what was required was for me to come back to the cross and say, again, to your point of I being at the center, I thought something about myself and it was grossly wrong. And I am in, I'm in deep need of salvation. I'm in deep need of fixing. And I'm in great need of help because I can't do this. And I need you to do something in me to even make me possible, to make me able to do the things that you've called me to do. Um, yeah, I could go on and I could go on to more. Here's the thing for me. Uh, and I want to I want to say this really clearly to any new believers who might be listening. For me, I have never in my life struggled with the question of is God for me? Does he love me? Has what I've done separated me somehow from God? I've, it's never been something that's ever been able to take 
to get any traction in my life. And so for me, all of these failures, I look back on and I can say legitimately, at the time that I was going through the pain of these failures, I felt God's love towards me in that he was allowing me to experience the pain of my own shortcomings for my good because he was doing something in me because he loved me to make me who he called me to be. That, not, that is not everyone's experience. Um, I want to underscore this, something that you said for people who are just entering into this walk of discipleship. All of this training, all of this pain, all of the, the struggle, the effort, the suffering that we go through is first and foremost about two primary things, two sides of a coin. One, God has called you as a child into personal relationship with him. Two, he has a mission to glorify his son in this earth. And he's going to use us to glorify his son. We need to make sure those things are, are kept straight. God is not called us into a knowledge of him he's called us into a relationship and he has not called us with the mission of glorifying us the mission is to glorify his son <clears throat> as we've already said love is obedience is his love language when god is working in us both to stretch us and to correct us the question that we need to answer from way before we enter into into this is can i trust that god loves me can i trust that god is towards me and if not i need to i need to go i need to dive back to him and say hey this is where my struggle is when i see you pull out whatever your instrument of discipline is i flinch not from the pain but because i fear your rejection I fear your anger. I fear your judgment that I am no longer worthy. I've no longer measured up. And this cuts completely against who God has revealed himself to be. Again, going back to um, past, talking about the prodigal son. The son comes back to the father, and he's, he's already determined how he's going to say this. Father, I've sinned against heaven, against you. I'm not worthy of being your son, so make me one of your servants. And he doesn't get the words out of his mouth before his father says, essentially, shut up, welcome home. His father, who's been watching for his son, was not watching for him to point out his sin, to, to list them out, to do anything but receive him home. That is God's heart towards us. As a father, you and I can understand this. We go through a lot of work with our kids, you with your son, you with my, my, I've got four kids. And it's constant work. And it doesn't matter how well they did the day before. It's going to be just as much work today, plus a little more, because the goal that we're after is relationship with our children and forming them into adults who can raise other children into adults. And so I, you know, I, I talk about this with uh, my older kids a lot, I talk about it with my younger kids, a good deal. I'm after three areas of training. I want to train their stomach, I want to train their heart, and I want to train their head. Their stomach, I tell them, says, I want. Their head says, I know. 
Their heart says, I will. And their heart is caught there in the middle between their I want and their I know. I'm constantly going back to them and saying, hey, I can see what you want. But you have to speak truth to yourself here. Because if you don't, your heart's going to follow the I want. Because your heart is not strong enough on its own to fight against whatever your desire is. And if I come up alongside you, I'm going to speak the truth to you to make it easier for you to speak to the truth yourself, to hear that truth, and to speak that truth yourself, to strengthen your heart so that it can bend towards the good for you. Because I, I don't have any interest at all in raising my kids so that I can get some kind of plaque on the wall or participation ribbon. I'm after growing adults. I'm after developing adults that I want to have as my friends who can have their own kids as their friends. That's my mission. That's my means. And um, it, you know, again, as I was watching some of these videos of the military training, it was, there was a very similar theme that I saw or parallel perhaps where uh, the first part of many boot camps is just about the physical training. It's about breaking you down, teaching muscle memory, teaching you how to drill, how to stand, how to salute, how to walk, how to answer, just pure muscle memory. And then at least for officers, you move into an academic phase where it's about training the head with the knowledge. And finally, the third and final stage is, is likely uh, a lot of focus on leadership, where you can be the person that you need to be to lead other people into battle not because you have physically been trained or because you have been trained with the knowledge, but because you've been able to apply those things into you as a person so that you can care for your troops in such a way to keep them safe and accomplish the goal. That's what I'm trying to do with my kids. That's what God's trying to do with us. I think the big thing is keeping Christ focused. I know once an enlisted person goes to boot camp, they are giving a training as well based off of how they're wired um, and based off of the need of the body of the military branch, um, where they're going to go. So it isn't fully up but, um, a decision there. And I know for new believers, there's a decision when it comes to your gifts and skills, how you use them within the body of Christ, as well as there is the, the rote training of God's word and memorizing the word so that you can engage uh, with whatever comes your way in the future based on the word of god and not just feelings thoughts whatever's moving in the media and, and yeah that's huge especially when you're talking about persevere because if i'm looking for someone who's going to survive a storm they need to know um what takes place um for us as a as a people group um, you know, the called out ones, the, the chosen ones, um, <clears throat> that as this people group, we are anchored in Christ and not um, in, in the feel good uh, or the momentary um, highlight or a celebration of the world, but we are centered in something deeper. We are centered in love. We're centered in Christ. We're centered in God, the Father, relationship with us. Um, we are listening 
to the spirit of God. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. If those things aren't taking place and um, it, it's hard for someone to persevere, to resist the, the temptations that have been set. Cause again, these are good traps. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Again, talking to our kids, we can see it. We can see when we're trying to train our kids in something or even teach them a new skill that we know they're going to enjoy, but they're afraid and they're not afraid because, you know, the monkey bars are too high or they're too far apart. They're afraid because in that moment, they don't trust that we're strong enough to keep them safe. They're afraid for their safety. That's where most of us find ourselves with God and as believers, as adults, we can look at this and say, if I'm feeling afraid, if I'm feeling afraid, what this should tell me right off the bat is I don't feel the love of God. If that's the case, I know what I can do with that. Because I can't make God love me. I can't make God protect me. But if I can recognize that I'm feeling that God's love does not extend towards me, I can turn back and I can ask a question. I can turn back right to just as my kids do to me. And say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Is this the case? Do you see me? Do you love me? Do you care? Are you going to be faithful? God doesn't ever grow tired of hearing that question, those questions, and answering them. I don't grow tired of telling my kids, hey, I love you. You can trust me. Follow me in this way. Do this thing I'm showing you how to do. I love you. You can trust me. You're going to like this food. You're going to enjoy this experience. Yes, it's going to be a little scary, but I am right here. And I'm going to be here through the entire thing because I love you. That's where God is with us. Yeah, then it becomes fun. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. Going to the gym is a good thing. That's right. Free falling with God's a good thing because, you know, he's got the best parachute ever. Like, it's (laughs) good. That's good. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, peoples. And, or people, depending on how many people are. <laughs> you tell a friend you're going to increase our listenership by 100%. That's probably the best return on investment you can get today. <laughs> so please share this with someone else you care about. <laughs> <laughs> If you have that coworker who you've been thinking, you know, they seem to have a lot of time on their hands and I don't really like them. Give them this, you know, at, at least we'll fill their time. Oh, mercy. Okay. <laughs>